Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. From the nation's capital, this is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. With your host, Rob Snowett. My name's Rob Snowett, and this is the 228th episode of my podcast. In this episode, I interview Tim Rosano, who's the guitar player for Toby Mac. Tim called me up looking for a spot to fish before his gig down the street, and I invited him over to discuss faith, family, and fly fishing. We'll discuss Christian rock, life on the road, and Tim's favorite species to chase back in Nashville. This episode is brought to you by Corkers. The brand was born 60 years ago on the treacherous banks of the Rogue River in Oregon. The original river cleat was handmade out of rubber and spikes. The fundamental design quickly grew as a favorite among fishermen, and the rest is history. Through the years, Corkers has continued to innovate with purpose, bringing advancements to fishing footwear. Interchangeable soles, boa lacing, and internal drainage are just a few wading boot firsts brought to you by the passionate folks at Corkers. Check out their latest product line at corkers.com or with your local Corkers dealers. One of my favorite attributes of my Corkers is that I can stand in them all day long with no foot or ankle fatigue. The BOA system allows me to tighten my boots as I go to a snug fit every time. And the water drainage system allows the boots to stay light once I step out of the water. I can walk in these boots all day, stand on shore, walk through water, and I'm perfectly comfortable from the moment I put them on to the moment I take them off. All right, Tim, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name's Tim Rosenau, and uh, I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Grew up in Iowa. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. All right, what brings you to Fairfax? Uh, I'm a musician. I play guitar for an artist named Toby Mack. And we are playing the old Patriot Center Eagle Bank. Correct. Eagle Bank. Yeah. And uh, 
two sold out nights. Played last night, wonderful crowd, and we'll do it again tonight. Awesome. Where did you grow up? Iowa? I did. I grew up in northeast Iowa, small town in Monticello. You call it Monticello, not Monticello. Yes. I think only Virginians call it Monticello. I think so. I think every state has a Monticello and they all say it different. <laughs> and did you grow up fishing out there? I did, yeah. I grew up, uh, I remember, gosh, being 10 years old, going on flying trips with my dad to Canada and just awesome stuff. Started going to the Boundary Waters when I was 13. It's on my bucket list. Yo, it's wonderful. It really is. A lot of work. It's good. You'd be fine. And I did that for a long time. Took my wife uh, in our first year of marriage up there. And she said she's glad she did it. She won't do it again. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was a great trip. And, and yeah, fishing in that area, man, I had a a wonderful smallmouth river that was just kind of in my backyard. Um, grew up on a, a church camp, actually. My dad was a site administrator at a church camp. And um, a lot of fishing around there. Didn't pick up a fly rod until I was about 18 or 19. Um, what caused that change? Uh, a good buddy of mine named Brock Betcher, who's um, out in Colorado. He guides uh, the Wind River Canyon in Thermopolis and... Three Rivers Ranch in Idaho. He he and I got to talk, and he was uh, went to college there. He was a track. Um, I don't know if he was a star, but he was a track athlete. You know, we got to talk about fishing, and and he started to. I heard I overheard him saying something about pike in the area, and I was like, oh, you're a fisherman, and he's like, yeah, I'm I'm just a fly fisherman though. That's all I do, and so. After I thought that was a little bit off-putting, I got very interested and decided, you know what, let's learn about this and let's, uh, let's check that out a little bit. Um, so that brought me to, you know, my first fly rod, which I'm pretty sure was a, a red nine-foot, six-weight Berkeley something or other. <laughs> heavy, clunky. Heavy and clunky. Um, and I would take that to Northeast Iowa um, limestones um, for trout and everything. And I remember my first trout that I ever caught on that um, stripping stripping in a prince nymph. <laughs> he came up and grabbed it. You'd be surprised how many largemouth bass will take a stripped in prince. No kidding. Yeah, yeah man, buggy fly. And I was hooked. I was hooked, you know. Um, and just progressively got deeper in the sport. Um, many years of of not knowing what I was doing, but continuing to go. I didn't own waders forever. Just very, you know, redneck of me, I guess I would say. So, when did you get into music? Um, young. Uh, I started out playing piano. My I remember my mom giving me lessons uh, as a kid, and um, and then trumpet was my main instrument for a long time. And I thought I was going to do that. You know, Miles Davis, all that big band stuff, just loved it. Um, into high school until I was about 17 and got really, really good at air guitar, decided to pick up a real one. My parents surprised me with the guitar one day after school. And uh, then Jimi Hendrix wrecked my brain. So I went from there. It's got to be easier to give your kid a guitar than a drum kit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, my son will, will bang on on drums, um, but my drums are in storage right now. So so how many instruments? Guitar, piano? Guitar, piano, um, trumpet is what I started on. Um, you know, and I'm 
I guess mediocre, you know, at, at all of it. If you if, if you're mediocre at enough and show up on time, you can work, you know. <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, I'm 41 years old now, so I've you know played music long enough. Hopefully, I'm getting by. But uh, you know, any classically trained in there, or was it all kind of you know? I, in high school, I studied trumpet with trumpet instructors, um, and then I actually went to a jazz studies program, a small college in Iowa and studied vocal jazz arranging, um, played in the big band, studied some trumpet, but it was more on the piano vocal jazz arranging side of things, which gave me a bunch of theory, which is useful. Now, once I had to let go of the fact that this doesn't work because of math, um, and your common listener is going to think it's okay. I was okay in Nashville. (laughs) I grew up with a guy that you were like, we're going out on Friday. He's like, no, man, I'm going to practice my trumpet oh yeah they wouldn't let him play in the school band he was too good oh he was already playing in orchestras and symphonies now he's in the marine corps band oh he's an enlisted marine that plays trumpet and yeah he he practiced a lot yeah yeah i you know grew up practicing a lot and then actually when i went into college trumpet actually diminished and piano and vocals you know kind of took over and, and i had a roommate that was a stellar guitarist so yeah i really you know, tried to glean from him as much as possible. What school did you go to? It was called Southwestern Community College. It was a a branch of that, um, the Phil Matson School for Music Vocations at the time. It was called that. Okay. Yeah. And how about faith? How does that play into all this? Well, I became a Christian when I was 13, and it's been, uh, you know, a journey ever since. Faith has been a huge part of my life, a huge part of my family. Um, like I said, I grew up at a church camp, so I was kind of always around it. My parents were really awesome about letting it be my own. Um, I actually stopped going to church with them and started going to church with a friend when I was a senior in high school. My girlfriend at the time, who became my wife, I started dating my wife when I was 15. Um, we would go to church camp together, and uh, she became a Christian at church camp. And so, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's the biggest part of my life. You know, uh, if I don't let fly fishing surpass it. Exactly. (laughs) But I've seen God do incredible things in my life from convincing my wife to marry me after we were broken up for a long time to getting a gig with Toby. I mean, I grew up on Toby. It's literally uh, a dream come true. I grew up listening to DC Talk, which was his former band, um, to when he went solo. I remember the Momentum record. I remember sitting in my basement back in Iowa, tying flies and building model airplanes, listening to that record. Wow. And he's from here. He is. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of his hometown show. That's great. So family and friends and everyone came out last night. Yeah. I think I saw his sister, you know, niece. Um, I think his mom lives a little too far away to travel this far, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's an incredible thing. I can't say enough great things about him with the success that he has had and the longevity of his career. Uh, he is the most humble, um, practical down to earth guy. I know because you can see it go the other way. Absolutely. Yeah. And how did music bring you to Nashville or when did that happen? Well, um, after college, I moved back in with my parents for a while and started working at a church as uh, uh, director of music. Um, a worship leader. And uh, one of my girl singers 
um, won a contest in Atlanta called Atlanta Fest um, as a singer-songwriter, pop artist type deal. And she ended up getting a record deal. Uh, and I ended up following her basically to Nashville, met a lot of the powers the be um, as far as getting gigs and uh, made a good impression. So my wife and I moved to Nashville. Um, what year was that? In 2004, maybe. Uh, and I so, worked at, sorry, go ahead. You've seen it. I mean, we were there. Everyone said it's growing exponentially. Oh man. So the last four it. years have been crazy. I live on the outskirts of Nashville, so I don't really have to deal with it as much, but, um, but yeah, watching it grow, we kind of bopped around, moved from an apartment to a home to a different home. Uh, but we've never been in Nashville. We've always been a few miles out. Um, now we're 30 miles South of there in a town called Spring Hill. But yeah, so I followed Allie to Nashville. That was her name, Allie Dahlgren now. It was Allie Rogers at the time. Wonderful friends. They live in uh, Oregon, Portland, which is awesome. So every time I'm there, I have to debate whether I'm going to fish or see my friends. <laughs> it's a hard one. They're very gracious, though. They understand. Why don't you go fishing for a while, and then we'll grab dinner. Take them fishing with you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, her and her family live out there now, and so anyway, yeah, I met the Powers of B for, for gigs, made a good impression, did a couple of auditions, and um, I guess Toby was holding auditions, and one of the people that I made a good impression, that I made a good impression on, threw my name in the hat, and did an audition. You've been with him 13 years now? 14. 14. Yeah. So I, I've got questions. I, Go ahead. I, we're Jewish, so can you yeah. explain like Christian rock? Yeah. Like what? I mean, I it, yeah. know it's, there's a huge scene, even in Nashville. Yeah. Uh, producer Jason, his brother's down there. He's mm -hmm. in the industry. Mm -hmm. What is, what's the genre like? Man, it's, um, I'm so involved. I'm so inside it. Sometimes I get blinded to what it's like from the outside. Um, I listen to a lot of different music. Um, and my wife listen, listens to the Christian radio station all the time, so I hear it on there. I generally listen to singer-songwriter stuff, uh, rock and roll, Foo Fighters is my favorite band. Um, so Christian rock in, a, in you know that genre, I'd say it's just it's an awesome means um, to deliver a message that we're passionate about. I think that uh, there's some amazing bands out there that are really doing it, They're, that are getting recognition in all kinds of different genres. Need to Breathe is one of my favorites. Um, they're just amazing. Uh, good guys, too. Switchfoot is another one. Um, really great, you know, real rock and roll. Um, but as far as some of the, the pop stuff, I, I don't listen to a ton of it. Um, I have a lot of friends that make the music, and so I've learned... Uh, along the years to differentiate friendship and art and you know if they, if they do something that I don't necessarily like the the sound of it it's okay we can still be friends mm -hmm. you know uh, that might sound harsh I don't know you might want to cut that out <laughs> and then your shows they're they're not like the typical rock show starting right. at 10 right you guys went on pretty a, a good time last night which is great because everybody of ages of all ages can go yeah our demographic is wild. I love it because I see a lot of families and I love family. And, and so you'll see babies with earphones on asleep in a mother's arms while she's singing every word rocking. That's, 
that's heartwarming to me. You know, I usually connect with the kids cause I miss my own kids, you know? Um, and, and yeah, yeah. The, the, the crowds, the crowds are amazing. You have, um, the, the generation that grew up on DC talk and have followed Toby. And then we've even got some, some new ones, you know, so and then their kids are now going kids, to shows. Exactly. The next generation. Yeah. I, I listen to a lot of shoe gaze. Okay. So I was at the ride concert, at the synagogue in DC that they open up for all sorts of shows yeah. and there were kids of, you know, the fans from back in the nineties there. Yeah. So I can't wait to take my kid to shows. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to die. I have a nine year old son, um, Ellis, and I'm, I'm excited to take him to his first concert. I, I just saw Foo Fighters, uh, just maybe five months ago in Nashville and I, I debated whether I was going to take him quite yet, but not quite yet. <laughs> I grew up going to Peter, Paul, and Mary. Yeah. Smothers Brothers, British Invasion. Yeah. It was a lot of folk music growing up. Yeah. And I can't drive with my parents now. It's folk and show tunes. <laughs> Barbara Cook. I, I won't drive with my parents. They, they play Barbara Cook nonstop, and I don't like that woman. That's funny. Yeah, I grew up listening to my parents. Uh, sorry. My, with my parents listening to... Peter Paul and Mary, Ray Stevens, a ton. Uh, he's kind of a joke songwriter. Okay. I know all of his songs. It's hilarious. Yeah, we grew up just in music. We had speakers built into the house when our house was built. So there was yeah. music on all the time. That's beautiful. We were the first people with like a CD player, a portable disc man. Yeah. So yeah, music was a huge part of our life growing up. That's great. And I just borrowed a tape cassette to digital tool for my neighbor to put some concert soundboards on digital. Oh, awesome. So we can listen to stuff I've not heard in 20 plus years. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Music, man. It's, it's always been a part of my life. I remember being just a kid and, and my parents and my older sister, I have an older sister. We would travel around to small country churches and sing like quartet kind of music. And Did you have matching clothes? You know, I don't think we ever went that far, but, uh, but I played, I'll never forget. I played a little tiny white Casio keyboard, uh, did little lead lines on that. And then we sang harmonies. And so, yeah, starting at a a young age, music was a huge part of my life. Um, and still is. Fantastic. (laughs) So I've got questions next. Uh, yeah, man. uh, Oh, here's one. So with the Christian rock genre, do you have to be a religious person to, to listen to it? No, not, not at all. all. No. Personally, I prefer if you weren't because <laughs> that's um, kind of the, the point of what we're doing. We're trying to share a message of hope and love and um, the gospel. And, you know, that's, that's one of the things I respect about Toby so much is he makes really, really good music that... Um, just covers a lot of different genres. Um, it sounds good. It's huge. And, uh, and the message is great. It's not Bible thumping in your face, you know, uh, hellfire and brimstone type stuff at all. It's hope and love with the core of the gospel. You turn on the radio. Most of the stuff is about material things, your, your cars, your money. Yeah. Stuff that could all vanish in one second. Yeah. And you've got nothing but the right. empty space. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. When I listen to pop radio, it 
makes me sad, you know, and that's what my kids listen to, you know, and, um, we, we still, my, my daughter's 13, so we're still able to regulate that Mm -hmm. some, um, but yeah, it does. It makes, makes me sad and, and, uh, it gives me an opportunity to teach them. Do they play music? My son is dabbling on the guitar quickly picking it up actually surprisingly quickly and piano lessons are mandatory fantastic yeah my daughter sings in the choir and stuff yeah and she loves it um she's wanted to be taylor swift for years and recently has switched to being a vet okay yeah she can sing the animals exactly (laughs) she's got sheep she can count them to go to bed (laughs) Let's talk about life on the road. Yeah, man. You've got kids, a wife. Mm-hmm. How far along the, are you on the road that you're not seeing them? Uh, not bad. Toby doesn't keep us out. It's rare that we're out past two weeks. And most of the time we travel, uh, we leave on a bus um, on Wednesday night and are home on Monday morning. That's most of the time, most of our tour. Oh, that's not bad at and all. Then, no, it's not bad at all. And then touring, I mean, this is a fairly long tour. We... we Started rehearsals, which kind of feels like you're on tour, um, in January, mid-January, and we'll be done uh, early April, early to mid-April. Um, and the only long run is the last run of the tour, and that's about right around two weeks. Okay. It's got to be easier now with FaceTime. Oh, yeah. You can see people. Yeah. Much easier. And we, we do well. Um, I'll be married to my wife 20 years in August, and... Uh, we have an uh, awesome, wonderful relationship um, with this occupation that I have. It doesn't always turn out that way. And we just really firmly believe that God has us where he wants us and we're wired up for it. Um, I've, I've seen a lot of people have to pull out because they're not. And that's good. I'm glad they listen to that rather than try and force it, you know, because now they have great marriages. What's the longest you've been on the road? Uh, three weeks. Yeah. You get to see a lot of America looking out the window. Yeah. Or you're traveling. I guess you're, most musicians travel during the day and they're sleeping. We travel at night in our sleep. Yeah, because you're done with the show when yep. everyone else is going on stage. Yeah, yeah. We jump on. We, we get off stage um, about 10, 15, 10, 30 and shower up, you know, go on the bus, play Mario Kart for a while down. and go to bed. Um, and then we wake up in the next city. So, yeah. I had a question about that. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911, and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Go to sleep. Oh, is it nice that people don't smoke anymore at venues? Yeah. I mean, generally, there's generally around the exit, there's signs, you know, move away 20 feet or whatever from the entrance. But, but, I yeah. remember going to the 930 Club in the bayou growing up. And, yep. And you come home and everything smells. Just reeks, yeah. Yeah. Especially bars, too. We don't go to bars anymore. Yeah. But I'm yeah. so glad that's over with. <laughs> yeah. My daughter watches movies from the you know 80s and 90s and everyone's smoking. 
She's so confused. She's gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My kids are the same way. What opportunities have you been afforded being a you know, professional musician on the road? Have yeah. things just happened that otherwise, if you had a desk job somewhere, you never would have experienced? Oh, man. I, I don't even know where to start. It's, uh, it's an amazingly blessed life. Everything from uh, just, just the opportunity to travel on someone else's bill is amazing. Absolutely. Um, I've seen, you know, every major city and all that. And, you know, as you know, uh, being a fellow fish head, I, you know, if I'm in a city, I'm trying to get out of it, <laughs> trying to find water, you know, to fish or in the city, urban fishing. But do you ever worry that you might fall and break a finger fishing that you yes, can't play all the time? Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm very careful. Um, there was, you know, years ago, man, I'd, I'd go all out, whatever I needed to do. I'd wade up to my neck and, you know, on the, on a show day and those days are over, man. I, I just gotta, I've caught enough great fish. No fish is worth dying for mm-hmm. or missing a show for, <laughs> um, you know, and I, I've thankfully I've never had any horrible accidents, you know, a little sunburn here and there. I was just in Florida, so I'm still recovering from that. Um, being out on the water. You could have driven back this week with my parents and listened to Barbara Cook. <laughs> I would have enjoyed it for a little while. <laughs> Hopefully, I don't think they took the Prius. They did bring me like 10 bags of white lily flour, though. Oh. So I can make biscuits. Nice. Can't get it this far north. Yeah. Beautiful. That's awesome. Have you met anybody that you've been starstruck with? Uh, you might laugh at this. Uh, yes. Rich Tudor from the saltwater experience. <laughs> I got to meet him. Um, and yeah, I was starstruck with him. Let's see who am I, who else am I starstruck? Uh, Amy Grant is one. She's an artist in our genre. Um, whenever I'm around her, it's just, she's awesome. She's angelic. You know? Vince? Uh, I've never met Vince. No, I've never met Vince. Um, but, uh, He's in Nashville. You know, maybe bump into him sometime. Did you, if you go to the grocery store, do you just see other musicians? Yeah, where where I live south, I see some, um, but you got to go into Brentwood or downtown Nashville. We were at the park in East Nashville, and this guy was walking by with his kids, and I was like, "That dude looks like he's in a band." <laughs> and I was trying to get my wife to ask, like, "Do you?" Play? I mean, he just looked like a yeah, rock star. Yeah. yeah. Just dressed completely different than yeah. us. I'm wearing like khaki shorts and a t-shirt. And he's yeah. I'm rarely recognized because um, I I don't I guess necessarily dress the part. You know, I'm usually wearing fish clothes or something like that. Um, but how do you stay healthy on the road? So you've got caterers. Yeah, we got caterers. We eat well. Um, I'm a pretty healthy eater. Um, I juice every day and, uh, I get, I get good exercise. I love basketball. So we've had stents where we've played a lot of basketball on the road, which is great. Play against another band. Oh yeah. That's, that's our love. That's our joy. And, uh, we do well. We, we're, we're a good team. You're uh, pretty tall. Well, you're six. Uh, six, six two. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So I love basketball. You know, my dad played college ball and, I actually quit basketball my senior year of high school to play in the all-state orchestra trumpet. So it was pretty good reason, but, and I had a temper, so 
a lot of times I was creating more problems than good. In I have no athletic skill to do a lot of things. Yeah. Football, basketball. Yeah. My wife can shoot some hoops. Oh, yeah? Not me. You throw a basketball at me, it's going to bounce off me. <laughs> it looks like someone playing dodgeball. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not coordinated at all. Yeah. What do you guys have on your rider? Oh, wow. Not a whole lot. It's not super interesting. I guess... Um, you know, a lot of times we'll have a veggie tray in our dressing room, maybe a bowl of M&M's, waters, uh, Starbucks coffee. But as far as the whole, you know, green M&M's thing. Yeah. That's, that's the absurd stuff. Yeah. And then, you know, our bus stays well-stocked. Uh, cereal, all the, all the essential snack foods, you know. But yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much it. I've, I've heard of other bands that... This is actually brilliant. I've thought about this, but you know, when you're, if you're traveling in a van or a camper or something, um, you know, you put on your rider, like clean underwear and white t-shirts and you just wear a white t-shirt every day. You never have to do laundry, um, throw away your underwear. <laughs> is that how Eminem gets all the white t-shirts? <laughs> Maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Do you, do, as a band, do you have any weaknesses? Like you're driving somewhere and you see a restaurant or like a, side of the road place <laughs> um you know years ago we've all grown up together you know like 14 years for for years i was shoot for 10 years maybe i was the new guy um so we were a very tight-knit solid group um we've had maybe three or four transitions in the last four years but we've become family pretty quickly and so i remember years ago waffle house was a weakness. I think uh, I remember stop, stopping at that at one in the morning a few times. Um, I'm sure it's interesting. I've only been to Waffle House like once. I'm sure one in the morning's got to be a good people watching event. Oh, it's great. It's great. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I was there, but I can't uh, remember the last time I was up at that late. <laughs> I waited yeah. for my wife to get home from a mom's event last night and I was asleep on the couch at like yeah. 1130. Just <laughs> snoring. Yeah. And I made these edible jello cube not like jello shots but jello cubes we yeah. pick them up oh. and she was supposed to bring some back and the moms all grabbed them filled up their glasses with them oh that's upset. funny oh shoot that's funny yeah man we uh yeah eat, we, we we eat healthy on the road waffle house days are over for us yeah i think you know we're all 30 40 50 you know and got to take care of ourselves um I'm early to bed too, though, which is funny because Mario Kart has kind of wrecked that for me recently. Uh, I've been staying up late with the guys and playing that. But when I'm home, my wife's a school nurse, so she's up early. Um, my kids are up for school. It's not uncommon that we're winding down and getting in bed at 9.30, 10. So. That sounds fantastic. Oh, it's, it is fantastic. <laughs> I'm getting more involved with my Trout Unlimited chapter. Yeah. And... Like the the last guy who went on to give the presentation started at eight, and I'm like, I can't do this. <laughs> That's funny. Like, I want to be in bed or at home, yeah. relax, not having to drive home at nine thirty. Yeah, yeah. Because this one gets up before her and the dog. The dog got me up today at five something. Oh boy. I was like, dude, he's fourteen. <laughs> he's just wants. He eats when he wants now. Yeah. Instead of at his scheduled times. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was my last dog. Um, we lost him in August two years ago. He, uh, his name was Leo Fender, 
And he uh, he just got to the point where he just you could see it in his eyes. He's like, I'm going to do this. I'll be fine. I'll come back. <laughs> you know, I'm going to eat now. And he just kind of look at you like, I deserve this. <laughs> but he's just he doesn't like to follow the rules. Like no begging. He sits behind my daughter every night at dinner and barks at her. Oh. Specifically just her, trying to get her really? to drop food down. Well, he probably knows. Yeah. You know, this is a gold mine right here. So what's it like being on stage when we started watching A Star is Born? Yeah. And the opening scene and all oh, those yeah. people. And I was like, that has got to be the greatest feeling to walk out on stage. And my wife's like, yeah, no, I would never get up on stage. Yeah. That's got to be just a rush. You know, it is. And it, it still is. Um, you know, I've done so many shows over the years and played for massive crowds and um it's you get comfortable with it i still get nervous um at some parts but i've learned for me personally interacting um with individuals is very important if you just kind of generally look over the heads and you know look in the shadows of the crowd and stuff like that i i personally don't feel like i'm connecting so i love to interact and make eye contact and, uh, joke around. I'm a big joker. I'm always joking on stage. Um, I chew gum on stage. And so I usually put it on top of my microphone when I, when I, uh, play the trumpet and people get a kick out of that. So I'll laugh with them. And, but yeah, man, it, it, it is a rush. Um, there's been shows, there's been tours where curtains down, the curtain comes up and it's just me standing. And I had to do this nylon flamenco intro just by myself. And those were probably some of the most nerve-wracking. Total hush crowd? Hush crowd. Well, no. Wild. Right. And then oh, it comes down when you start playing. So it's, yeah, that those, I'm glad those days are over, you know. Who knows? Maybe we'll pull that song out again. It was called Irene. Who was Irene? It was, a, it was a, I don't think it's based on a real um, character, but it was raised on a, or sorry, based on a, um, a girl that, I think had a child at a young age and um, Toby was just talking about there's hope and the pressures of the world are on you right now, but there's a God that loves you and a father that loves you that'll lift you up. It's cool. It's kind of a reggae song. All right. Yeah. Who are some of your other musical influences that you guys bring in? So you've got Foo Fighters and Hendrix. Yeah. What about Toby and the other musicians? You've got drummers, keyboard players, you with the multiple. Mm Mm-hmm. Toby's up front. Yep. Uh, two singers and dancers, um, a DJ, and uh, another Augs guy that plays perk and guitar and keys. And actually, he's a phenomenal trumpet player. That's his main instrument. Um, and uh, so so Toby grew up on, you know, early hip-hop, um, but also the police, cars. Um, he's pretty well-versed in, in music. You guys are all MTV generation. Yeah. I didn't have cable growing up. I didn't either. I had to go to the neighbor's house to watch MTV. Yep. Yeah. A lot of other things. Me too. Yeah. Uh, when I, when I started playing guitar, it's funny. Um, one of the reasons I started playing guitar was because of Steve Vai, who's Mm -hmm. a total, you know, music, muso, shredder, um, real mathematical player unbelievable player and that was kind of why I started playing because I loved that sound and I just went the other direction just fell in love with Clapton and Hendrix and Stevie Ray Vaughan and really feel and soul playing 
loved funk, but I didn't really dive into it until I was with Toby and Todd, our bass player, really took me to another level on that. And, um, but yeah, now nowadays, you know, like I said, Foo Fighters and really everything, you know. I got into Kings of Leon for quite a while. Another group of fishermen? Uh, yeah, I actually. I've with them for Steelhead before. You have? Yeah. Um, Caleb has a place uh, right on the Candy Fork River where I like to fish. Um, it's a beautiful place. I've never seen him. I've never met him. But. Yeah, you guys got to do a little fishing collab. I'd love to. I always dream of like him coming down and fishing together. He wasn't on that, that trip. It was his brother and okay. two other guys. Cool. Did you guys catch anything? I got there right at the end. Okay. So, they, yeah, they hooked some steelhead. Great. And then it was, it was beer 30 on the bus. Yeah. I went to that bus and I'm like, <laughs> wow. I mean, those things are, they're like high rises on wheels. Yeah. But everything's so compact. Yeah, everything's compact. Yeah. I love the bus. I really do. The engine's got to be great to fall asleep to. Oh, it's wonderful. It's in the back. And I fish, or I'm sorry, I sleep on the back. Um, or the back bottom bunk, I guess there's 12 bunks, you know, two rows, one bus. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You guys are like a submarine. Yeah. Very much like, yeah. There's a lounge in the back, lounge in the front. Um, yeah. We've got our coffee maker and cereal bowls and we're good. Got to get an air fryer. Oh yeah. I I love mine. Yeah. I made pierogies last night and onion rings. Oh, nice. I was waiting for her. I got hungry again. Really? I was like, wow, I'm going to air fry some pierogies. They came out fantastic. <laughs> How do you stay so skinny, man? <laughs> a lot of walking with clients. Yeah. Yeah. Which hasn't been much of late because of the rain. Yeah. Yeah. Anything gotcha. weird get thrown up on stage while you're playing? I guess people can't throw their CDs up anymore. Or no. Sets. Do they throw thumb drives with a note saying like... <laughs> I want to make it in the industry. <laughs> you do get a lot of demos. Um, man, you know, I can't think of anything. One time, uh, man, some idiot was in the crowd whipping quarters. That's not cool. No, that was not cool. And I got I got hit pretty good with one of those. And I stared down the general vicinity of the crowd, who it was. And the occasional beach ball. Trying to think of anything, any like bras got thrown up. I don't think so. <laughs> Not at our shows. I'm blanking on uh, the guy sing Mandolin Rain. Uh, I want to see Steve Winwood, but that was a different yeah. dead opener. But he was playing accordion at the Dead Show once, and he got hit by a marshmallow. Oh, and he just looked. He just gave this look in the crowd, like seriously, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Let us play. Yeah, there's. You know, I mean, there's always a little bit of. Uh, distraction stuff like that i mean there's there's been parts and on this tour there's a part too where where i sprint as fast as i can down the center catwalk and i've had people try and grab my feet and stuff i mean i thankfully haven't bit it too hard actually we we did uh, nashville we played bridgestone in nashville and um at the beginning of the show toby's new record's called the elements so it's it's kind of about battling the elements and and uh we make it snow with um soap sudden it's fake snow you okay. know? and that is slippery and so they really fired them in nashville or like your corkers up there oh, right. rubber. <laughs> i mean yeah i need felt or studs or something and 
And I took a total face plan uh, with Toby because we kind of do this with an instrument. Thing. Oh yeah, snap the tuner off on guitar. Oh no, uh, it was all right. I said when I fall with the fly rod, I always try to like throw it. Oh yeah, throw it. Yeah. Well, you're attached to a guitar and you're yeah, playing. Strap. That's gonna be yeah, not easy. It and and it was so fast. I actually watched the video back. It was so fast when you watch it back, but. When it happens, you feel like you're down forever. Yeah, and it was literally feet feet went out behind me, and I face planted. It was right like now. a YouTube video. Uh, it, I think it was on YouTube. I have it on my phone. It wasn't very popular. I guess the fall wasn't epic enough. I guess, but but it was uh, it, it it was slippery, man. So slippery. Yeah, and I wear Adidas sneakers on stage. It's not like I don't have grip. Yeah, you know, they're like good solid grippy shoes but yeah all right let's start stocking some fishing yeah man how many fishing licenses do you have to buy a year <laughs> how many states do we travel in yeah uh a lot i always license up i never joke around with that you don't um, want to be in jail when the no show's going sir. on yep exactly um but i think on this tour alone i've purchased probably six different states um, at different durations. Like when, when we, we, we did a four show run in Florida. So that was easy enough. You know, we buy, um, one freshwater and one saltwater to kind of cover the, cover the days. And where else have I fished? Ohio. I've gotten a couple in Ohio already. You're steelhead fishing up there. Yeah. Bought one here. It's too, DC license is the best. It's 13 bucks out of state for the year. What? Good. $7 for a, in-state, quote-unquote, because it's the yeah. district. But yeah, it's yeah. 13 bucks for the year. It's awesome. Man, that's that's killer. I've I've spent a lot of money on, on this on the road. Um, like, one time, I was up in uh, British Columbia, and a guy took me out up there. Just this beautiful water. I'll never forget the water. It didn't catch anything, but it was just beautiful. And uh, I think... I want to say I had to get like an $80 license. And then on top of that, there was a special regulation. There's like another 60. It was insane. Put that in your rider. Yeah. Yeah. One time we were up there and, um, one of our promoters, who's an awesome guy named Lloyd McGregor. Sorry, Lowell McGregor. (laughs) I hope he's not listening to this. Well, you'd edit it. Lowell McGregor. Um, he bought a guide for me up, uh, I don't remember the river. I, I should remember it, but it's a great steelhead river. And I wasn't swinging yet. I, I was still new enough to where I wish, I wish I had a little more game at that point. Cause I think I would have hooked one, but it was so cool. I got to fish with a guide that day. And, um, I don't, I don't often have opportunities to fish with guides. Um, I've met a lot of guides and um we'll exchange tickets you know and i love to hook people up with tickets and go fishing whether we go fishing or not it's just cool to talk to people you know like you i mean you have a anytime we're playing close to here it's hard to get tickets to a show but you know you're welcome to come all right show, absolutely you know um love to hook that up but i you know i've had the opportunity um just from meeting people at shows um, to fish. I have a buddy now in Corpus Christi who's a guy full boat and everything. So we fish for reds and drum and everything down there. Um, steelhead guides up in Michigan. 
I just fished with a guy um, out of Toledo named Hunter Hayes, which is hilarious. Not the country artist, the, the steelhead guide. Um, and uh, yeah, man, this, that's just a really cool thing. You know, being able to fish with Rich down in um, down in the Keys. Um, Do you ever try to get dates scheduled when the fishing's hot somewhere? <laughs> like you know, the Albacore would be running. Let's do uh, let's do Montauk. In, in you know what's funny? Uh, our booking agent is out right now. Um, yeah, he just came out to see the shows. You know, and he's a dear friend of mine. Tony Johnson is uh, just a wonderful human being. Um, and I always joke with them. I'm always like, man, you did a great job booking this. We hit the steelhead run. We, you know, got to hit some reds down in Louisiana. You, you did a good job booking this. And he's like, oh, now I have to schedule around golfing and fishing because Toby's a big golfer. Okay. Did you fish <laughs> the ponds while he's in the golfing? I haven't yet, but that's a good idea. Yeah. You know, the governor's bass, <laughs> they live in there. Um, but, but yeah, I always joke with him about that or, 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 give him heck about not putting us in the right spot at the right time or you missed the steelhead run by three weeks you know <laughs> do you have favorite venues to play at um not really i i this is all arenas and and so 95 percent of them have been wonderful wonderful dressing rooms clean um ice rinks are always a little cold you know when we play those um but yeah, I really don't. You know, anytime we play, you know, Colorado, the Pepsi, or, or Portland, I can't remember some of the names of the arenas, but out west is just really special. You know, you can usually get to good fishing, um, even in the winter, depending on where you are. It's real doable, you know. Um, but how do you store your gear on the bus? Man, uh, it's funny. I, I, I have surpass the amount of guitars I have on the road with rods right now <laughs> on some runs. Um, I keep a bundle of rod tubes and a huge Timberland uh, duffel bag under the bus. And then we have a shower on the bus that we never use. And I'll put my waders and stuff in there. That works. Um, waterproof backpack, sling pack, whatever. You know, I sometimes am packing uh, for... Redfish one day, bass the next, um, trout the next. You know, it's been this this tour has been awesome because we've been to Texas, we've been to Ohio, um, we're in Pennsylvania and Sunday, uh, Florida, um, and it's just all I just see fishy big, spots, big fish on the on the radar. You know, when I see certain cities, do you tie on the bus? I do, not on the bus. Okay, I made that mistake once. Go everywhere. I. I needed to tie up some hoppers and I thought, oh, hoppers are big. I'll be fine. You know, so I got my little light out and sat in the back lounge and man, it was excruciating. <laughs> you know, Plus the bus is moving. That's what I'm talking about, man. It was, it was nauseating to say the least. Just try. I think I got like three hoppers. Done. Probably get a little motion sickness trying to see. Yeah, you really, honestly, um, it's funny, you know, getting, you turn the page of 40 and, your eyes start to play tricks on you and, and tying has, has definitely where I notice it, you know, tying and reading and, 
And so I just got these, I had to get white, these, these, uh, magnifying glasses with a, with a LED light on it. So at any given moment, you'll walk into our dressing room and I'll have that on and look up at you with my big eyes and flip up my lenses. How much time do you have to go fishing? Man, I only clock in for about an hour and a half every day and that starts at nine. That's your stuff. Fishing more than most people. I'm fishing more than most people. Yeah, I haven't really went online since November. Really? Yeah. Every time I want to go out here, it's just, it's flooded. Yeah, yeah. It's been flooded nonstop, except for two weeks, for almost a year. Yeah. Um, man, that creek you put me on yesterday was beautiful. I was, I, I really enjoyed walking it, and I imagined a ton of trout in it, but it, uh, didn't pan out, but it was really nice. Yeah, it's it a nice great. little oasis for those that can't get away. Yeah, absolutely. Scratch that itch for a couple of hours. Yeah. Um, There's all sorts of wildlife down there. I saw tons of deer tracks. I didn't see any. I saw some huge. You got big squirrels down here, man. Or up here. I had to, I had to kind of watch my back. I thought it's going to get attacked. Mountain lion style. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. There was a mountain lion not too far from where you were playing like a year ago. Really? There was a bear down by the McDonald's here. Really? Summer ago. Wow. Things don't just cut. They follow the creeks down from the mountains. Yeah. So you never know. But where you were, they do urban hunting. Really? I'm surprised there were deer tracks because they have orange signs up all fall. Yeah. So you'll be out there going to walk or something, and some dude will be dragging a deer out in a tarp. Oh. And it has to be in a tarp. Like oh you can't because some mom saw a deer leg hanging out once and called the police. That her kids were traumatized. It's like, lady, where do you think food comes from? Right. Yeah. They're legally hunting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. As long as the deer and squirrels don't get in my garden, I'm fine with it. Yeah. Right. They'll clean you out quick. Yeah, we got a ton of rabbits in our backyard, and they'll eat, eat the, the flowers that we try and get growing and all that. We, we, our new dog is a, a Bassador, Bassett-Labrador uh, mix, and just... How did that happen? I don't know. I don't understand the biology of that, but it's, uh, she is just the cutest thing. But, man, that hound just takes over. As soon as she steps out, she's all wiggly and fun. She's kind of funny. She looks like that hippo on looney tunes like she's got that big waist section and uh and she she'll she's all fun and then she steps out onto the deck and she just gets a smell she she just pauses and just gently one step out she's an incredible hunter i'm like i'm taking notes approaching streams like and she'll just take off for a squirrel she's she's an awesome hunter 
And she's currently digging up my yard for yeah. holes right now. So we're trying to get... I'm, I'm debating, like, do I do I punish her and keep the moles, or do I let her get them? Moles are bad. <laughs> they are bad. Yeah. yeah. We just have the bamboo. Yeah. That's yeah. the worst thing back there. What makes it so bad? It just pops up 30 feet away. Like, uh, it'll pop up in the middle. Like, I'll, I'll take the compost out in the morning. Yeah. And then I'll come back in the evening, and there's, like, a two-foot piece in the middle of the lawn. Yeah. And you've got to dig, dig it up and like pull it out. Oh, it just, it has horizontal runners that are hard. So I'm on my <laughs> second pickaxe right now. Oh really? It's just brutal oh, backbreaking. Man. And so I'm cutting it to the base and then I'm putting plywood over it. Yep. And then hopefully I can get it all done in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Gotcha. It's just messy. It looks pretty. It blocks the neighbor's house. Yeah. But it's, it's awful. <coughs> Excuse me. Go for it. You should build rods, man. Yeah, that's not something I've gotten into yet. Yeah. I like that's a that's a thing, man. Bamboo. I I I don't know the first thing about it, but it from the videos I've watched on it, it seems like a something that would take away from fishing. <laughs> I'm pretty hard on my gear. I don't know if I want to fish a rod that I built myself. Right. Yeah. Especially like like I said when I fall. I gotta throw my rod. Dude, speaking of being hard on gear, I don't know what happened, but when we were in Florida, I was fishing peacock bass in a in a canal and I had um a nine and a half six weight uh TFO BBK and I love that rod, just a workhorse rod. And then I had a little um moonshine four weight that I love. I got a ton of moonshine rods. And I was bringing, I sighted a nice peacock and I was bringing my leader through, through the BBK and it snapped right at the furl. And, uh, I was like, oh man, that, that sucks. It's only like the third rod I broke in my life. So to top it off, I had an old Trident, Orvis Trident seven way that, uh, it was just kind of disintegrating like UV damage. And I called them and, and so they said, well, we'll build you an access, four piece access. And I was like, great. So I just got it back virgin rod and I was getting ready to go red fishing down in Tampa. And I slammed the door on the bus and I heard the, the, the sound. blood curdling sound and I snapped that rod. So in two days I broke two rods on the road, kind of got the feeling I was being taught a lesson. Maybe I don't know. So we're in that, it was that, that whole, you know, balancing thing. Where's God? Where's fly fishing? And I think that was getting out of wax. Right. So did the, uh, anyone else on the tour fish? No. What they else? Don't. Did they, so Toby's playing golf. You're yep. out fishing. Mm -hmm. What is everyone else doing? Uh, we play a lot of bags, a lot of cornhole. Uh, we carry boards with us, do that. Mario Kart, um, coffee shops, basketball. A lot of guys work out. Um, we have yoga sessions, you know, just things to. And there's a lot of music, a lot of music being made. Guys do commercial music out. out you know, outside of what they're doing with the bands, um, syncing, you know, that TV and film type stuff. And you can do all that from a laptop. Anymore. Yeah. So a lot of that. Do you have a home studio? I do. Yeah, I do. It's based off a laptop, but, uh, a lot of, a lot of outboard, plenty of outboard gear. I used to have a lot more, but man, with this anymore, it's hard to justify it. You know, um, you universal audio stuff and, um, still use real amps 
I've got an arsenal of beautiful amps and mics. Do you have preference? Man, I don't. I see them like rods, you know. If I'm fishing a Spring Creek in Pennsylvania, I'm not going to fish an 8-weight, you know. And um, It really is just tools of the trade. Um, sometimes I love little tiny low-watt fender amps, and sometimes I need a Mesa Boogie or a Marshall. And then, you know, they're just different, you know. It's... People are like, you know, what's what's the best amp? And the one that goes to eleven? Yeah. <laughs> the one that goes to eleven. That's it. This is the one that goes to eleven. Um but I you know, it's there's not a best amp in my opinion. It's just it's like color. You know, what's the best color? I don't know. Depends on what, what you're needing to paint. So what about guitar? Do you have a brand preference or style? I am endorsed with Paul Reed Smith, um, and I love them. So just, if I'm fly fishing, you'd be a pro staff. Pro, sorry, yes. I'm so I'm pro staff with Paul Reed Smith. <laughs> I'm gonna say that from now on. Yeah, and and those are the guitars I play live for electric. I play a McPherson acoustic live, which is beautiful. I'm not sure if you've heard of Matthews Bows um, in bow hunting, but it's the same company. Okay, uh, Matt McPherson makes makes these unbelievable high-end boutique guitars with amazing woods and and so I got that's another god story actually for me is is I got hooked up with them and they sent me a guitar uh we were doing a thing out in Pebble Beach Toby was playing in a pro-am and they sent me a guitar right there so I got to use it the first time you pick it up I'm just like boom oh like it was just just, yeah it was it was an incredible it's it's just uh you know it's the it's the Thomas and Thomas of guitars, you know, but I love that. But it, man, in my studio, I got everything. Um, Les Paul, uh, got an old day Armand that I really love. Uh, Telecasters, whatever. Um, Does your wife say like, not another guitar when you walk in with the case? No, she says that about fly rods. <laughs> she can justify guitars. Um, and uh, being playing for the artists that I play for and, and the blessings that come with that. And thankfully I haven't had to pay for too many guitars, unlike fly rods. <laughs> so I'm still waiting for the, the full ride pro staff. You haven't slammed the neck of a guitar in the door. Uh, no, I haven't. I've fallen on them and snapped the neck off, but, uh, no, I haven't done that yet. Not in the door. No, that's like smashing. The <laughs> yeah. Back of the day. I haven't, I haven't done that yet. I, I need to smash the guitar on stage. But the problem is, I had a buddy that did that. Um, and the problem is, is that the stage got flooded with people and he did it behind everyone. So no one really saw no. him do it. And then there was that MTV <laughs> performance when the bass player from Nirvana threw his bass up and missed catching it and hit yes. him in the face. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Not funny, actually. It's kind of sad. Flying guitar hitting you. Yeah. I've taken some spills on stage, man. I've, I've, one time I, uh, in my younger days, I used to jump off anything that I could find. Thankfully, my knees are still intact and, and I didn't wear van shoes for too many shows. So I can still get around okay. But, but, uh, I was jumping off the drum riser and it was carpeted. And as I went to jump, my feet caught and just grabbed me and I just ended up tipping over like a tree off the riser with enough momentum that 
I slid across the floor under the next riser. So all my feet, all I was sticking out was my feet, like a fishtail. And so I had to fishtail out from there, stand up, realize I had snapped the, the, um, the plug of my guitar off. <laughs> so my tech had to come running out and had to fix that on the, on the, on the fly. And that was, uh, that was one of my better spills on stage, but yeah. What are some of your favorite fish to target? Oh man, that's a, that's a hard one. Cause I, I, I always feel like, I always feel like my favorite's what I'm in the middle of, you know, I absolutely go bonkers in spring in Nashville because I fish hybrids, hybrid bass. And, um, they just, they keep me up at night and there's nothing like it. Stripping streamers and getting hammered by one of those things is, is just electrifying. Um, so in the spring, I'm kind of getting that mindset. I've been doing that. I've been chasing those fish for 13 years now, 14 years. Um, but you know, I'm always a trout head. It just, I don't care what size it is. You know, I've got a, another moonshine rod that it's a 10 foot two weight that really is, I would actually, if you were to cover the label, I'd say it's more of a four weight, but it is just a phenomenal trout rod and you can catch eight inch trout all day and have a fun time, but I've landed 17 inch rainbows on it too. Um, spectacular rod. Um, but then, you know, then you get me on a flat in Florida and I get two shots in a whole day and I'm ecstatic. (laughs) Yeah. Anything you don't want to fish for? Uh, I just don't I want mean, my clients to catch gizzard shad or needlefish. Ooh, yeah, neither of those things sound fun. You know, puffer fish have always been kind of a nemesis of me down in the down on down in the salt. They just always don't really know how to grab them. I'm always, you know, I'm not a salt guy. You know, I grew up in Iowa and moved to Nashville, so it's like I don't know everything about them because I understand some like blue runners or something. If mm-hmm. you go backwards on their spine, they'll cut your fingers off or something or venomous. And so I'm always a little leery about that, but those things are just nasty. And then there's this one fish that I can't remember what it's called. Is it like a lizard? Lizard fish? Yes. Yeah. Gosh, those things are nasty. Cytodus photens. I remember that from ichthyology. Yeah. I don't doubt today. Man, I feel like I need to be paying they're, you for They're class. aggressive little fish. <laughs> they are. Yeah. It's the only thing I caught in uh, Oahu. Oh, really? Pretty much is lizard fish. Gosh. What a They got a lot fish. of little teeth. Yes. Yeah, horrible little teeth. If they're not, if you're, if you're not trying to get them off the hook, they're chewing your clousers up. You know, it's, it's awful. But yeah, I, I get plenty of offers to come fish your farm pond with, liver chicken liver or something and i'll i'll, I'll pass on that yeah my father-in-law's throwing cut bait right now in florida off a pier oh I yeah like that it looks boring is all get out boring man yeah but they pull so hard and you know i the egret was we were facetiming him and the egret was taking his bait when he wasn't paying attention i was like <laughs> i'm sure that egret's been doing that every tourist that comes down okay. it probably was like yep that's a tourist yep He's not paying attention. They, they, they know. They can sight him like, out. I, I hear that Russian accent. He's not from here. <laughs> if you ask my father-in-law where he's from, Columbus, <laughs> Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> no, where are you really from? Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Oh. Anything else you want to talk about that I didn't think of asking? 
Man, uh, I don't think so. This 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 is really great. I, I this was a, a nice breath of fresh air. It's nice to just get out of the venue, you know. Um, whether I'm walking a creek or talking to somebody about fishing, um, it's just a, a really cool thing to be able to do this, you know. Um, you know, if you're if you're listening and you see Toby coming coming your way to your town and you're a fly fisherman, hit me up on Instagram. Um, DM me on that. It's Tim Uh That's my. There's a big uh, Pyramid Lake fish on there too. Uh, that is one of one of the amazing hookups I've had on the road. Mike Anderson out of Reno Fly Shop is uh, a buddy of mine now. That's a classic example. I cold called a shop. Um, it's always a little weird to, to call someone. I don't think I gave you the spiel. I think I just said, hello, I'm in the area. Right. But a lot of times my spiel is, you know, Hey, my name's Tim. I'm a touring musician. We're playing at so-and-so arena and I'm a diehard fly fisherman. You try and get everything out, um, you know, as quick as you can before they roll their eyes and hang up on you. And, and, uh, every once in a while, man, you get a fan or you know, a shop owner that knows one of his employees is a fan, which was the case with Mike and Reno. And, and you know, m- most of the time, everyone is really cool and really kind. And I've had a lot of people out to shows that way um, and met people. The guy that I fished for Steelhead out of Toledo was that exactly. And that was, that was three years ago. And you just kind of keep each other's contact and keep in touch. And Hopefully you'll come back through here when the river's not blown out and yeah. some shad rotted. I would love That'd that. That'd be a great thing. To, for someone who's never experienced the Shad Run, it's nuts. Yeah. When it's at its peak, it's amazing. Well, well, Rob, I'll, I'll keep your info and yeah. you keep mine. I'll put you in my, I have a little fishing on the road folder in my, on my computer that, you know, every city that we go through that I meet somebody. Nice. Um, it's pretty cool. All right. Well, I've got some non-fishing, some fishing related questions. Now. Yeah. If you had a superpower to make you a better angler, what would you choose? Ooh. Uh, I, I think I'm trying to think of my back cast to have the perfect timed back cast. No, it would be, it would be vision. It'd be vision because sight fishing is my favorite. Um, extra super polarized vision. Built in polarized. <laughs> you yeah. have to wear such expensive glasses all the time. <laughs> right. Just wear something exactly. to keep a hook out. I just sent three coasters in for repair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that. I was going to say hearing too, but I don't think that would help me as much as vision. Do you ever get inspiration on the water? Like, yeah. Got to write this down before I forget it. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm kind of dabbling with writing a book about exactly everything we've been talking about. Um, faith, life on the road and, and fly fishing. Yeah. I try to, I'm, I'm still so excited about fly fishing. It's hard for me to stop <laughs> and write things down. When I do, I really try and enter something in my phone or um, and sometimes it's just uh, prayer, prayer time. I'll just sit sometimes and, and pray and, um, you know, think about my family. Um, you get inspired when you see other people catch fish and <laughs> figure out what they're doing. What's your favorite Harrison Ford movie? Oh, my. Uh, uh, Fugitive. Good one. Fugitive. If you only had one species of bird to tie with for the rest of your life, what would you choose? Wow. Uh, partridge first came to mind. 
Okay, it's so like I know there's a specific style, but the 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 roosters that have the really long, fine, beautiful hackles. What's the name? Like the whiting. Yeah, the whiting. The genetic bred birds. Yeah, the they're genetic longer bred legs, so their yes. feathers don't drape. I think you could get enough off of that to really, really do. Do you have any ridiculous phobias? Irrational phobias. <sighs> Irrational phobias. Social anxiety a little bit. Even though you're on stage. Even though I'm on stage. It's different. There's a big wall there, you know? Like Liz Fair for years could get up on stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a different thing for me. Sometimes just going to the grocery store makes me nervous, you know? Um, but I'd say that's pretty irrational. <laughs> Who's your favorite person to fly fish with? My dad. What is your most unusual fly tie material? Here's a good one. I was in Vegas. Uh, I'm not a big Vegas guy. It, it bit me twice and it won't bite me three times. So I stayed in the hotel room and tied flies for Pyramid Lake, which was the next day. And I didn't have any of the, any of the, the flash for those coronaments that, that they have. So I started walking around Vegas and I found a Walgreens. And I'm walking through every aisle, you know, like you said, you go to craft stores yeah. and find whatever you can. Um, and I came to the gift section and of course there are ribbons and I tied a bunch of chronomids with the, the, the ribbon material cut into small, All right. small pieces. I thought you were going to say you watered into like the dancers <laughs> supply store. Yeah. We were tassels. <laughs> we were out in Vegas for... I cast a couple years ago and we're walking down the street and there's these girls dressed in the showgirl costume. Yeah. And my wife's like, that girl's got the most amazing butt. <laughs> Do you see that? And I'm like, Do you see those ostrich plumes in her hair? <laughs> She's like, What? <laughs> you could have tied salvos with those. Yeah. <laughs> but they have supply stores out there where you can go get big ostrich plumes, but I don't know if they're dyed to go in the water. Yeah, I right. Follow a guy named Schumann Feathers on Instagram. Yeah. He does all the Caribbean, Mardi Gras, Carnival stuff. Just yeah. Lady Amherst plumes, oh. like 50 on one costume. No, I would be like, dude, just send me the extras for all yeah. those plumes. But he's like, the dyes aren't made for water. Oh. It's funny. I just I just got a bunch of, not a bunch, but some some plumes of ostrich for some salvo patterns. And I hope they're dyed for that. <laughs> I didn't, I'm going to have to eat some killer bug yarn before you go, too. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, right or left hand retrieve? Uh, left hand retrieve. On hot dogs, ketchup <laughs> or mustard? <laughs> ketchup. <laughs> Favorite sandwich you've ever eaten? The best oh, sandwich you've ever egg eaten? Egg cheese sandwich, man. Specific place? Home. I make a mean one. I make a mean one. What if you had left at home on tour for music or fishing would ruin the day? My in ears for music. Do you have Royal Wolves on them? How did Instagram. you know? Instagram. Right? <laughs> no, I got an Adams on one and a Prince on the other. Nice. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, my in-ears for, for music and for fishing, I mean, you know, the rod is obvious, but I, I would say real because that's a little easier to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you tie some guitar strings or something to the end and take Cara with <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, take Cara. <laughs> Uh, do you have a favorite book? 
Uh, probably Sex Hat and Fly Fishing. John Kerry. That was probably the first fly fishing book I ever read. Yeah. If you had access to a DeLorean with a flux capacitor or you could go back in time to before humans destroyed environments, oh. where would you go fish? Oh, my goodness. I would, I would do some sort of Pacific Northwest steelhead run before they... Before it stopped mm-hmm. <laughs> or slowed, you know. I know there's mixed views in that, but I don't know. Is there a food you won't eat? Tomatoes, really? Nah, can't do them cooked, raw, anything. Yeah, I love ketchup, love marinara, love salsa. Can't do plain tomatoes. I've had two tomatoes that were life changing. One was in Paris on a sandwich, and I was like, I've never liked a tomato on a sandwich. And then there's a place in DC that had BLTs. Yeah. I was like, if I was going to get an electric chair tomorrow, this yeah. would be it. I like ordered three rounds of them. Oh. They were little sliders, but I've never, like, that's what a tomato is supposed to taste like. Yeah. You go to a restaurant here, like a sandwich shop, and they're just white, mealy. Yeah, yeah. Just gross. I'm like, yeah. this is a real tomato. Any, any, any of that, I just can't do, man. Maybe, I, you know what? If I end up in Paris, I'll try one. Okay. <laughs> uh, strangest thing you've seen on the water. Ooh. Um, I was on, I was on a home trout water once and I saw this huge sculpin and I was really watching and studying it. And all of a sudden a snake came up and grabbed it and I watched them fight for a little while. It was a small snake. And, uh, that was, that was really cool. That was, that was really cool. Um, I feel like I'm missing one. I mean, I've run into bear up in Alaska. I don't know if that's strange or terrifying, but I would say that's more on the terrifying scale. Yeah, probably the probably the snake attacking the sculpin was pretty cool. What about as a musician? Any just really strange thing that oh. if you're going to write a chapter on just, you wouldn't believe what I saw in my music days. <sighs> Buddy, I've... So, I've seen everything from... Uh, <laughs> I've seen everything from half drunk people in the front row making out uh, during a very God-centered worship song to I've seen some extremely flamboyant dancing in a very open space in an arena where they're getting all the attention and we're not <laughs> like to that extent. You know, I've I've seen some scary stuff, like some questionable people. I mean, with in this day and age, man, you think about like the Vegas shooting at the the country show and some of the scary stuff that goes on in, in mass mass gatherings. Um, uh, you you, you kind of look with a different lens, and you try not to be um, judging or you know stereotyping, but sometimes you see some things that you're like, hey. You're going to talk to a stagehand or a tech and be like, let's check this out a little bit. You were at Wendy's like two weeks ago when this dude walked in in combat boots, fatigues, a tactical vest, and sunglasses and a hat. And I was like, we're leaving. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, you kind of, he just got it. He just sat down. He didn't order anything. I was like, yeah, hurry up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's been some strange stuff. I mean, we've had strange things happen on stage where... It was another Nashville show. Not the uh, Phantom? 
What's that? Not the Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> no. Uh, but, like, our computers got knocked off once, and, you know, music is very computer-driven now, you know, and so that shut us down for a long time. Um, that was rough. Uh, broken guitars, you know, broken drum heads, strings. Pretty normal rock and roll show stuff, but um, that was weird, you know. What are you opening with tonight? We are opening with Toby's song called The Elements. Closer tonight? Song called Feel It. Right? Yeah, and we get to bring people from the crowd up on that one. Nice. It's a lot of fun. We saw a Pink Martini play in D.C. Yeah. And they said, anybody who wants to come up on stage can come up here. And by the end, this first woman gets up there with a goblet of white wine. And, she just, <laughs> and we're like, look at that. And I'm tell, thinking to myself, that'd be awesome to go up there. We're the farthest seat yeah, from the it, you can still hear everything because it's Dave Grohl venue. It's yeah. amazing, and my wife's thinking the same thing. But we're not communicating. And at some point, there's 20 people. I'm like, let's go up. And then all of a sudden, like three songs later, there's 70 people on stage, and they're letting people sing into the mic and walk between the instruments. It, oh. It's just dozens of people dancing on stage together. It was really cool. Yeah, that's powerful. And that's where I got to feel like up on stage. Yeah. Looking out on a crowd. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah, man. To see see these people come up, and it's all ages. You know, it's babies to, you know, 60-year-olds come that come up, and families, to see their joy, and to just see the excitement of, you know, them coming up. It's That's what it's all about, you know. Um, we can't forget that. It's... It's easy if you let it to become just a, a sea of faces, for, for lack of a better term, and just get up and clock in and clock out. Um, but if you really stop and see the joy and the people, you know, they're seeing an artist that they love, music that they love, and music that has changed a lot of lives. Um, when you start looking at it through that lens, it just becomes, you know, very real, very tangible, and very emotional, and it'll, it'll wake up a jaded heart quickly. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. Where can we follow you on social media and the band? Um, if you check out uh, Toby Mac, obviously, on um, Instagram. Uh, social media is funny for me. I'm a very uh, newbie uh, when it comes to social media. I've only been on Instagram about six months. And that's because I got a 13-year-old daughter. So I'm, i I got to be the creeper dad that keeps an eye on things there. Um, but mine is at tim.rosenow. And then if you, if you find Toby, you'll find everyone else on, on Facebook and all that. But I and don't the band is diversity, but it's a play on words. Yeah. Diversity. Yeah. How do you pronounce that? Diversity. Not diversity. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah. That's the band. And, and, uh, so it's an amazing thing, man. I I certainly don't take it for granted. Just yeah, you've got a good thing going. Yeah, yeah, and I can honestly say that my best friends in the world are, are those that I travel with, and I'd like to say that's rare. You know, when you get off the bus after being with somebody so long, you go home and you call them a few days later. Two families. Yeah, you got one family really on the special. road and one family at home. Exactly. Anything special you have to bring home when you're traveling? Um, as far as, oh, you know, I'm not good at that. That might be a shortcoming in my dadship, but, uh, uh, I, I, I will sometimes, sometimes I, I, I'll get, you know, 
stuff from a venue or a hat, you know, from a college or something, give it to my son or, or shirts. Um, you know, I'll raid Toby's merch every now and then. <laughs> you need a shirt? <laughs> yeah, or, you know, I'd give my kids shirts and stuff. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's generally it. Well, have a good show tonight. Thanks for Thank coming you. over. Yeah, it's I'm, I'm going to... This has been great. I really appreciate everything you did for me. And, um, you know, just chatting with you yesterday on the phone was nice. And, uh, we'll have to fish. Absolutely. Come up through. Yeah, if you're in Nashville. I'll put you guys on... Um, Band- is it Bandit Town? Uh, the app. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. I'll put you guys on that. Cool, man. Very cool. Super. Well, thanks for sharing your story. Yeah, dude. All yeah, right. Tight lines. Thank you for joining us for the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. For more information or to contact Rob, please go to www.robsnowwhite.com. podcast is brought to you by Freestone Productions at freestoneproductions.com. A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.